Hey gang, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On this week's episode, I welcome in Sean Boyle, who is a serial entrepreneur currently operating a seven-figure digital marketing agency in Philadelphia called Momentum Digital, and has a flourishing podcast called The Sean Boyle Podcast. In his free time, he's an avid real estate investor, mixed martial artist, and fitness guru, and we get into a lot of that on this wide-ranging conversation. So sit back, relax, hope you all enjoy this conversation with Sean Boyle. So without further ado, let's get it started. Sean, welcome to the podcast, man. Good to have you today. Thank you, my man. Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Excited uh, to chat with you a little bit. Um, I know we caught up the other week and definitely want to uh, hear a little more of your story and, you know... It's always interesting talking to, I, I kind of chuckle a little bit. Every time I talk to a lot of younger entrepreneurs, you know, you're 14 years younger than me. So just kind of how your mindset, where you've come from different than, you know, my upbringing was probably a lot different just because I grew up in a different time. So it's always intriguing to me of, you know, some of the things that you've adapted to, to change, you know, your outlook on life, where you want to go. And, and that's actually, actually, I thought would be an interesting spot to start if we can is around mindset. Because when we were talking before, what I was one of the things that interested me is a lot of the stuff you're doing, both in your professional life as well as away from that, and we'll get into both with you know the the mixed martial arts and stuff like that, is how you got to this point. You know, has your mindset always been one of like go go go? Like I'm going to always be the best version of myself. I want to get better each and every day and try to improve my life. Or was that something you had to learn a lot um, over the last handful of years? Yeah, man. So first of all, pleasure to be on. And uh, for the people who don't know me, I own a seven-figure digital marketing agency. Our HQ is in Philly. We have a bunch of different locations in the United States. And honestly, man, I wasn't always like this. I think from the go, go, go mindset, I definitely was. I was always go-getting, but I was more so introverted when I was a little kid, like the, you know, more so extroverted person you see right here. Dude, I was so afraid. Like I was afraid to talk to teachers, put my head down. I just had zero self-esteem, no confidence whatsoever, right? I was always worried. Like, dude, when I was a kid, I probably had the worst acne. I, I look, My face looked like the pizza. You know what I mean? It, it was just, it was gross. And I was always predicated on, oh, I need to look you know, professional. I need to look good. And for me, my image was I was just never looking good. So I started to adapt. And there's a great book. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's called How to Unfuck uh, Your Mind, right? And, and that book really has laid down a foundation of how to just not care about what people think about you and really just understand your values of what you think about yourself. And I think that's so important. So when I was in, uh, and this kind of started when I was um, a kid and then me blossoming into the person I was today, I really grew to have this mindset where, you know, I'm, I'm just the type of person who goes in every single day and, and wants to create value in, in my professional life, you know? So what that looks like, and we can get into technicals in, in a bit, is really just commanding um, a presence that people can, can respect. And that's posting daily stories. And in my age, dude, you know, you're 14 years older than me, you know, we have a, and, and you know, we were kind of brought up with technology, right? So my mentality was I wanted to be an engineer when I was in college. So I was like, man, I want to be studying. And I just saw all oh, that $80,000 starting salary. Oh my God, that's so neat. Like that's, you know, 20 K away from, from six figures and I'm just graduating. So my mindset was, oh, I wanted to be this engineer and, and just be 
you know, the, the richest person in the room. You know, that's that's what I was fixated on. Now with social media and with my knowledge that I have right now, um, I want to go the entrepreneur route. I want to go the route of, you know, eat what you kill mentality and you're not relying on someone else for a job. And, and dude, I wasn't even good at math. So it's like, why was I trying to be an engineer in the first place? It was all about the money. So the thing that I figured out and to answer your initial question, man, it was just finding out what I love to do. It was finding out what I love to do. And that's building relationships and building business and, and selling, you know, and, and that's really at the core of me, what I love to do. And then for you too, I mean, I'm sure you have the same type of feeling, man. So it's, it, it wasn't all like this. Well, yeah. And, and well, that's, what's interesting. So, you know, how do you think, because I, I you know, this is something I talk with a lot of younger um, folks about, you know, Gen, uh, Gen Z, the younger millennials um, is around a lot of them, just like I did go to college, go get and you know, whether it's an entry level job for me, you know, I was a, a PJ teaching professional, but I went out and, you know, I was working at a driving range and I was teaching golf, like it was my first job, basically, um, in the golf industry, but similar thing. It's like, you kind of get the entry level and work your way up. So what happened in college then that shifted that? Like, was there, what was there mentors that you were fortunate to be around what you mentioned, you know, kind of reading some books, but like, because most people won't change. There's a lot of people you probably went to college with that did take that engineering job per se. Yeah. So is there anything you can share that you remember? Dude, um, so that maybe I'll tell you a story you? for your audience. I remember I was in my freshman dorm, right? And one of my good friends today, Zach Fudgeko, he was my roommate. And this guy, God bless him. He, he's like a church mouse, you know, he's very quiet, but in that it's like, there's no bullshit with him. It's just, it's transparency, which I really respect, you know? So he came to me one day, man, we're in the room. I'm a freshman, I'm taking these engineering courses and I'm just brutalized. I'm working so many hours on physics and math and all these other things that I don't really care about. And he came to me and he said, hey, Sean, like, did you hear about this digital marketing thing Gary Vee's doing? I'm like, Gary Vee? I'm like, who's Gary Vee? So I was like, oh my God, you don't know who Gary Vee is? So he shows me on Instagram who this guy is, right? And I fell in love with his mentality, with his idea. So I was like, Huh. I'm like, so, so you can make money by starting an agency and help grow others, people, businesses, uh, others, you know, businesses and, and dreams and uh, um, their aspirations. That's like, people can make money off of that. And the guy was like, was like, make money off it. Dude, Gary Vee is worth like 200 million. <laughs> make money off of it. Yeah. You can make money off of it. You could be loaded. So from that moment, man, I started to really pursue digital marketing. So when I was in, and this is a famous story I tell everybody, I was in my uh, advisor's um, you know, office, right? Irene Hurd, God bless her. I don't know if she's still at Penn State, but she's an old Russian teacher. So in her, I shouldn't say broken English, but in her accent, she was like, hey, Sean, you want to, uh, you want to take uh, digital marketing, right? For an, for an internship, what do you want to do? And I'm a freshman, right? So I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever you got, I don't have any experience, but I, I sure know I can work my ass off and, and try to you know, earn something, right? Try to BS the interview and, you know, just finesse it, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Because I didn't know any better. But she gives me a stack, Brian, this thick, and I'm not BSing, this thick of all these companies in Philadelphia, right? So I was like, oh, my God, this is kind of intimidating. The first page I see, this company, Momentum Digital, right? I was like, oh, I like the name. Let me try out. So I DM'd and I emailed the founder, Mac Frederick, right, who's now my business partner. 
And I said, uh, hey, man, like my name's Sean Boyle. I'm an aspiring freshman uh, engineering major <laughs> at Penn State. I'd really love to take advantage of this uh, summer internship. And meanwhile, I'm having the conversation with Irene and I'm writing Mac this email and it's spring. So the internship is already closed. I was writing him a letter for next year, right? I was being proactive as, as crap, right? So he sends me back an email saying, He's like, you're trying to apply for next summer? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you probably have interns already, like, you know, that kind of thing. And he's like, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I respect you being that proactive, but, you know, like, next year, I mean, you know, who, who says you're still going to want to do this? And I'm like, I'm honestly, man, I love the company you got. I'd love to, like, you know, have an interview, right? So I get the interview. I talk with Mac. I talk with Sarah, the then office manager, and we just hit it off, we had a great conversation about entrepreneurship and I mentioned Gary Vee and Mac loves Gary Vee. That's like his, you know, childhood sweetheart. You know, he can't get enough of Gary Vee's content, which a lot of people can't. So once we had that interview, man, we hit it off and fast forward to the story. I was a sales intern. I made, I think I sold like 75K in one summer uh, with this blockchain conference. Uh, ticket wise, I was just literally on my phone, just wheeling and dealing, dialing and smiling and you know, making deals where I could, um, where we had John McAfee as the, as the keynote speaker there. And dude, I just established my presence and I knew that I, I, I visualized this, man. I visualized owning the company and, and here I am. So for people out there wondering, oh, what do I want to do, you know, and how do I get ahead in the company? You need to visualize first what you want to become. You know, for me, I understood that my role is more so in that entrepreneur and, and owner role rather than like the account manager, which Again, some people might want to be the account manager. They might not want to, excuse me, own the company because it's a lot of responsibility. But for me, I'm a control freak, Brian. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a control freak to the highest level. So if something isn't in my wheelhouse where I can deal with it, I start to freak out, you know, anxiety, stress, all that stuff. So that's something that, and the story of, of really how I got started then um, and just grew the ranks until now I'm, you know, co-owners with uh, with Mac and with Momentum. Did you, so you mentioned earlier um, when we were just chatting that you know you had this almost self confidence issues with your you, know, you mentioned your face and and kind of introverted. So the story you just told is a completely opposite person, probably somewhere in the five to ten year range later than that. Do you remember some of the things? Um, that helped you get over that fear and anxiety of like going out and I mean, I, listen, I'm in software sales, so I get it. Like just calling up people and, you know, cold calling and doing all that, like that's challenging. So how did, how did that boy that had no self-confidence become who you are today um, and not have it? Not that you don't have fear because you probably do, but for the most part, you know, how, how do you, how do you overcome that? So I, I, Honestly, this is going to sound kind of brash, but it worked for me. Um, but I just threw myself into the fire. I said, you know, I'm visualizing myself when I go to sleep. And when I wake up, I do about a 10 to 15 minute meditation. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be confident. I am confident. I'm healthy. I'm, you know, I don't want to say worry free or anxiety free, because then once we get those feelings, because things come up, right? I, I don't want to exclude that from my life. I understand. And I have to accept the anxiety. I can't just say, oh, I'm not going to have any more anxiety. It's always going to be there. Um, and, and I like it that way because it gives me control. But um, to your question, man, uh, it, it was honestly just to, you know, throw yourself in the fire, go to these meetings, call people up and, and see how you do. And 
I tried to learn from each single call, each single meeting, coffee meeting, lunch, dinner, interaction, where, you know, I was kind of lying to myself. I was kind of creating a false reality. I was like, this, this person isn't confident. He goes home and he, he thinks he's like, you know, the, the worst person in the world. Like his self, self-esteem is, is nothing. But that's where I really started to build myself up. And once I understood, fucking right, I, I can do these meetings. Oh, yeah, I can sell the, these numbers. Hell, yeah, I can do what I say I want to do. Yes, I can. I can do this. And I am doing it. So once you just create that false reality, you start to believe it, right? And you just visualize. And then, because I don't know if you know this, you probably know this, you, your brain does not really recognize the difference between a dream and reality and interprets it as the same thing. It's why you wake up. God knows I do this every single night. You know, I, I text my friends. I'm like, oh my God, dude, I had the craziest dream. You were in it and it was just so real. We have that all the time. And it's so true. The brain can't really understand uh, reality from, from a dream. So putting yourself in that perspective, you're going to say, oh, I have this lunch meeting at 12. You know, I, I visualize every single sentence, what I'm going to order, you know, and then you actually do it because you, in your mind, you, you already have done it. Right. So that's the most important thing, man. Um, it, it, it's a crazy ride for sure. So it's, uh, it, it's great to talk about these things because I think, yeah. I think mental health is, is something that we definitely need to take more seriously, you know? Well, and, and, you know, there's a great quote I, I say a lot by um, the, the great Stoic philosopher Seneca, we suffer most often in imagination than in reality. And, and sometimes we get ourselves in these, I, God, I, I can, man, we could sit here for an hour and I can tell stories of how much I've put myself into positions of worrying about something that A, hasn't happened yet, and B, I may not have much control over anyways, but I, for whatever reason in our minds, we, we tell these stories versus what you just mentioned is telling the story of positivity, of telling the story of, no, you know what, I'm going to go speak at this whatever, well, it's going to go great. And, and here's what I'm going to do. Or, you know, I used to do this a lot playing golf. Like, you know, sometimes I get in my head, like I'm going to mess up before I even play. I'm like, how the hell would I, why am I doing that? Why would I, you know, so it's so interesting how the human brain works and, and why we do that from ourselves. And, I, but I think a lot of that goes back to childhood and, sure. and some of the, you know, the challenges we might've had as kids and almost those demons are still there. So it, it takes a long time and I'm still working at it at 37 so it's just interesting how that all, you know, how that all works. Um, and something I was going to say, man, is, you know, I, they could go completely wrong in my head. I visualize it being perfect, but I might mess up and that's okay. You know, that's okay. I think that, you know, what I just said, it kind of kind of came off a little black and white where, oh, if it doesn't go, okay, I'm, I'm a failure, whatever. I'm doing all this visualization. It's still gray. I believe a lot in life is, um, you know, a lot of think it's like black and white, like my shirt. It, it's not the case. I think a lot of it is, is gray mm-hmm. in that mix. And, you know, you understand, okay, we take it as it is. And if you don't succeed in this one thing, you're learning. So, and it's really ultimately how you feel about yourself. If you feel like you did a good job and you, um, you know, reflect in a good manner of your own self and who are you really trying to impress, you know, and that's the biggest thing that I was personally struggling with and I continue to, but so it's just being open. And, um, and what you just said is it's so true, man. It's so true. Well, you know, it's funny is actually um, on a recent podcast episode, uh, Tisha Marie Pelletier was on. And one of the things that struck me that she said, which is still I love the I love the quote and the way she positioned it is, you know, if you knew me a year ago, you didn't know me at all. And, and just how much we grow as people and how much we change and adapt. You know, you're you know, the 22 year old Sean is different than the 23 year old Sean and the 24 year old Sean. Who knows? Right. So it's kind of interesting how, you know, as humans, we continue to evolve and change. Now, if we want to, and I think that's the big caveat here, you know, if 
there's, there's people that don't change, obviously, and, and you're complacent and what have you. But if you do have that mindset of wanting to get better and better each and every day, it's amazing where, you know, when you look back, and, th- and this actually is probably a good transition where I was, you know, talking about um, fitness and health and those type of things, because, you know, you know, I was thinking about my CrossFit journey the other day, um, and I was, this is a way tangent, but I'll go into it. Um, I was, this is a couple of years ago, and I was 170 pounds. Um, I was, and I just, I've been doing like the beach body programs at home for many years. And, and I had really trimmed down, I had no muscle though. It was all just, you know, whatever. And about a year, year and a half ish later. Um, and cause I, cause I started CrossFit, um, in 2018 end of 2018, I was at 200 pounds. Wow. So I gained almost 30 pounds. A lot of it was muscle. It looked totally different, but it goes back to what we were just talking about is like, being able to put the steps in place and the processes in place to change who you want to become. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't happen overnight. So I want to go back if we can uh, a little bit back in your childhood and talk a little bit away from the the professional side for a second, because obviously fitness and nutrition is big in your life. We talked about that last time. You do a lot of mixed martial arts. How did, how did you get into that? Cause that's something I'm, I'm getting my son in karate right now. I'm just oh, really genesis of that story, getting into mixed martial arts and, and how important that's been for your professional life as well. Uh, the things you've learned there. Yeah, it's been fantastic, man. So just like, you know, any kid, I guess I like you're doing with your son right now. How old is he, by the way? He's eight. Yeah. So I started at seven. Okay, cool. And it's nice because I was thrown into karate and it's one of these things where a lot of people uh, back off from arts because they think it's like, oh, it, my face and kick and like we're promoting violence i don't see it as that and like the whole martial arts community first and foremost it's about self-defense right it's how to stop incoming attackers it's not necessarily we're going to go out and be this big bully and go in and harass people so that was my mindset and the thing that i loved was the art right first and foremost not necessarily the power but how someone can move so fast and so eloquently where like conor mcgregor his distance, his range, the left hand, like, it's beautiful, man. It's like Picasso painting or Michelangelo, uh, Michelangelo uh, sculpting, right? It's that profound of an art form where it's just beautiful to see the human body move and that sort of way for the timing and then distance management and just throwing strikes and kicks and grappling. It's just tremendous. So I wanted to go to the pillar of that. When I was in, you know, seven or eight, I started doing karate. And I was doing it for about four years and then I dabbled in, you know, other sports as well, but I didn't get the same feeling of peace like I do with martial arts. So I was like, okay, I heard about Brazilian jiu-jitsu from Joe Rogan, of course, right? Everyone knows Joe Rogan with jiu-jitsu. And then I started watching the UFC when I was like 14 or 15. And I started uh, stumbling upon the Anderson Silva's of the world, the G- uh, George St. Pierre's, GSP's, John Jones, Conor McGregor's of the world. And I was like, okay, what's the best art form? Like, no BS. What what is the best art form? And then, and then I started finding jujitsu as you know a humbling part of that. So along my journey, I started to train with uh, some of the best in Philadelphia, um, the Mag, uh, Miglarese brothers who founded Balance Studios. They literally came from Brazil. The founder, uh, the Gracie family, they founded Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and they started their own school in Philadelphia. You know, and. I don't know if you know Lex Friedman, the MIT yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, I've trained with him. He trains in, in Balance Studios. Um, the uh, Elio Gracie, not Elio Gracie, the, the grandfather, but a, a lot of other, Enzo Gracie from New York City, he comes over here. 
So we get a lot of people, man, from, you know, a bunch of different uh, professional uh, industries come and train with us. And I think it shaped my mind to just let go and really accept things as they come in the most real form you can get. And again, for me, when I'm out on the mat and I'm training and we're doing submissions and we're doing takedowns and I'm not thinking about, oh, the anxiety of work, obviously, but more importantly, I'm focused on how do I become better at, at life? How do I, you know, control my breathing? And again, you learning how, can, how to control your breathing, that can, it's the same principle and in, in whether you're doing jujitsu or you're doing work or you're doing anything in life. If you know how to control your emotions and control yourself, and, um, it's so much better. So let me give you an example. If I'm in a grappling match, right, and I think I'm this big, strong guy and I'm going to grab and pull and, and just not be technical at all, I'm going to gas myself out, right? Same thing in, in your professional life. If you think, oh, I'm going to hammer all these meetings out, I'm going to drink all this caffeine and I'm going to like get to it. It's a great mindset, but, you know, you're going to burn out eventually. I don't care how hard you work and how hard you are ment uh, mentally, you're going to burn yourself out like I did. You know, I had a really good burnout, but I had to understand and come back to my roots of, it's a patient long-term game and you need to be technical about it. You need to be efficient. So, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day, that very cliche, a cliche phrase, but it's true, man. So you need to take it day by day. And once you understand it's a long-term mentality, you can enjoy that journey. You can enjoy, you know, just going through it because it's not a destination, you know, and um, it really just harps on what you love to do. And if you can formulate that into a job, like, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is my escape, man. Uh, it's just wonderful. So um, I congratulate you on, on your kid's journey with, with martial arts. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to love it. Well, I hope so. He is loving it so far, like a month in or so, which is kind of cool to see him because he doesn't listen to me. So the <laughs> fact that he listens to the uh, karate instructor, and this guy's been like doing it for like 50 years. So this guy's like yeah. old school karate. This is not like these, they're not running around, you know, you know, playing with balloons and, and, you know, having, having fun, like they're having fun, but it's a different type of fun. You know what I'm talking about? Like they're, yeah. this is, so that's what I wanted. That's why I wanted to go to this guy. I'm like, all right, he seems like he's down. He, he can keep my son in line. And sure enough, he has. So it's, it's uh, fun to awesome, watch though, you know? And I think too, like getting the, because he, so he teaches jujitsu, like he has, he teaches jujitsu there as well, but you're also doing kind of that old school karate, I guess I'll call it for lack of a better phrase, sure. um, where you're getting belts. Is that the same with jujitsu? Like, do you get different belts as well or? Yeah. So how it works, if you're um, karate, I think there are a couple more colors of the belts, but with jujitsu, you start out well, uh, white, just like everybody else. Then you go to the blue, purple, brown. Well, I'm sorry, you go blue, purple, brown, black. Yeah. And then the black, that takes about 10 years to get, right? Well, white belt, uh, to your blue belt should be about two or three years. I'm on the crux of getting my blue belt. I'm, I'm very, very close. Uh, but still with that, I, I assume hand raised that I, I know nothing. You know, I, I, I'm just trying to be as humble as possible. And even when I'm, when I get to the black belt status, I want to remain, you know, as humble as possible. And then very exciting. There's a thing uh, called the red belt, which um, Phil uh, Miglarese, my, my head trainer would kill me for forgetting this, but it's like 10 or 15 or 20 years of, of earning your, your, or I'm sorry, it's not even that, it's your 10th degree black belt. That's your red belt. So mm. there's a bunch of degree black belts you can get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then the 10th one is your red belt. So that is like all, every single member of the Gracie family has that red belt. But my process is I want to enjoy the journey and I don't necessarily want to sprint, you know, to the finish. I want to continue to just 
you know, love jujitsu and learn every single thing that I can, man. So, and I would encourage people to do the same. So yeah, it's the same belt system pretty much as karate. I think you have like your orange or your yellow belt or green belt. Right. Yeah. Uh, they go red. yellow and then orange. And then I, I, I can't remember from there, I but sim- there, yeah, yeah. probably similar structure if I remember. Sure. How have, um, I guess, you know, because again, this podcast being about just get started and people try new things, different experiences. So if if someone's never done karate, never done jujitsu, anything like that, um, I'm assuming and let, tell me if I'm wrong, that you would encourage them to do that or try it. But if they did, is there anything they should look out for any any reason they should you know, do it today versus waiting? Like, what are some of the benefits you found? And I, I know it's hard to go back to that seven year old self, but at least maybe the last couple of years doing the Brazilian jujitsu things that you didn't know going in that was just eye-opening um, where, where you do love it now? The, so for me, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, when I'm done training, man, you know, I just get this overwhelming sense of peace. And if you're, you know, like me, like you're, you're if I was, you know, some seven, eight-year-old kid or maybe not that even young, but like you're, you're 14, 15, 16, that's when people normally start jiu-jitsu and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it. You're a little timid. Go all in, you know? show up the first day, get to meet people. That's really how you grow. And that's how you have to do it. You know, you have to throw yourself into that fire. And here's the thing, man, as a white belt, you have to understand you're going to get crushed some days, right? But for the majority of it, it's more technical. It's not necessarily all about, you know, beating yourself up and and beating the body up. Sure, you're going to have your roles and you're going to roll with blue belts and people that are more advanced and you're going to get submitted. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been submitted, you know, and, and it's humbling. It really is humbling because you understand if you go in there and let's just say you're the most confident person, you know, that's ever been, you're going to get choked out in, in 30 seconds, man. And, and you're going to have, you know, you're going to eat that humble pie really quick. So it's a very great way to just, you know, understand life and understand yourself, which is the, the biggest thing. That's something that I don't think you can get with, you know, basketball or, or, or all these other sports. For me, martial arts was always the thing that resonated with me most. Basketball was a close second. Basketball, I, I love to play. Um, but martial arts, it's a completely different thing, uh, in my opinion. But again, you know, for Kobe Bryant and, and Jordan, maybe it was it was different for them. Um, I just really think it's it's beautiful, uh, you know, uh, martial arts. But who knows? You know, there's a bunch of different, uh, great sports out there. So you just have to kind of find what works and, and go from there. Yeah. What um, you mentioned uh, mental health earlier, and I thought I'd I'd go back to it. Do you struggle with with mental health? Is there anything you're dealing with that? you've had yeah. to overcome or trying to overcome daily or yeah, I'll tell you a story, man. So, and this is like really, really personal to me and something that I'm, I'm still battling with, you know, as we speak. So when I was a senior in high school, uh, about a year ago, around this time, I had my first legitimate panic attack. And if anybody's listening that has had panic attacks before your, your heart rate gets up to like 130, you think you're dying. You can't think of anything. Your brain just shuts off where you're like, I need help. Your only instinct at that moment of sheer panic is to just stay alive. So I was having that. And I, I you know, got uh, some Ativan from the urgent care. I was going to call an ambulance, but my boy drove me over there. And, um, you know, I had a, uh, and this is just me being paranoid and, and the anxious guy I am, I had a heart rate monitor, right? And I, I was like, man, like my heart rate's really up. And I, I put it around my chest, right? Like that heart rate monitor. And it was like 150, 160. And I was just sitting down, right? That's a huge, that's a, that's a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, stress on your heart. So I was like, I was just compounding the fact, right? Like I was wearing the heart rate monitor and I was just monitoring it. And it was just nuts, man. It, it was way too much. And, you know, I, um, 
went on a brief period of, uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, counseling and talking to my psychiatrist about that. And I probably had three or four or five more panic attacks, um, you know, before I went and, and saw the counselor. But once I did, man, you know, I got a plan of action. I was taking some medication. And then once I graduated, you know, I really was like, hey, you know, we can put this in the back burner a little bit. I think I'm okay. And I, I don't think I've taken the medicine what in like three or four months. So, you know, knock on wood for that because, you know, I, I couldn't sleep, man. I, I was getting, uh, I was taking Ambien and I was getting two hours of sleep a night with Ambien. Like I would knock out for that two hours just because my body was physically exhausted, right? But mm -hmm. for those extra, you know, eight or something hours that I could have been sleeping, I, I, I was just up on my phone and I, I just couldn't sleep. I was just so anxious. So, you know, why, why do you think you haven't taken the medication? Was there something well, that you did or? Yeah. So I did take it. Like I said, um, I don't think I need it right now because uh, I think I'm in a good place, man. I think that I've, um, I have some strategies in place where I get stressed like today. Perfect example. You know, I spilled coffee on, on my computer. I have to use this little <laughs> uh, keyboard right here and, and it's a little bit of a struggle, but like you said at the, uh, you know, when we first uh, hopped on um, on the show, man, you know, it, it's not the biggest, uh, you know, worry in the world, right? People are, are struggling for their next meal and you just have to put yourself in the perspective. And I thank you for that because that grounded me. And there's a bunch of techniques out there. Like I'll give you one um, that really helped me sleep and your audience can take it too. If you guys want to sleep better, go to uh, YouTube, just type in Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F, and he has a breathing technique where you do three rounds of you breathe in, breathe out. And you do that for about 30 times. On the last breath, you exhale, and then you, you just hold your breath. You don't have any oxygen in you. Hold your breath for a minute. Do it again for a minute. And then the last round is a minute 30. And your brain just starts to get all fuzzy and because you have a lot of uh, oxygen in there, oxygen uh, saturation, which is a good thing sometimes. And you just start to have peace of mind. And, and that is a, a huge grounding technique for me. I, I use that to this day and I, you know, I just pass out right after that. So it's, it's great. And, you know, to, for people that are, you know, struggling with mental health, you need to just admit it to yourself. You know, it's like an alcoholic or, or someone who's, you know, some sort of addict in, in general, you have to admit it. That's the first step of, of dealing with anything is, yeah, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with depression and we need to do something about it, you know, because I don't want to live like this. But this the first thing that you acknowledge it and, and start to get treatment. Um, that's what I can definitely recommend. So just being open and honest with yourself, man, you know. Have you read the book, Why We Sleep? No, I have not. You would like that, I think, if you're especially if you're in this kind of you know deep learning, trying to improve. So it's a actually actually um, Why we Rogan had him on his podcast. You should uh, listen. I think it it's back a few hundred episodes ago. I mean, this is back. I think it was almost two years ago um, mm -hmm. in the the fall of 2018. But his name is uh, Dr. Matthew Walker. Oh, okay, yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know he, he read that book. Uh, he wrote yeah. that book. Yeah, Why I, We Sleep. It's, it, yeah, it's a phenomenal book. But, the, you know, the, it, to what you just mentioned, like um, what I had found and what's been really helpful, because I struggle a lot. I, I had struggled with a lot, you know, just sleep, because I had just, you know, just thoughts just raring through my head at night. I couldn't, you know, couldn't sleep. And I still have <laughs> trouble sometimes. But a lot of the techniques he talks about, around and I'm not going to claim I, you know, I know everything. So I'll let everyone go research and, and read on their own, but just stuff around structuring your night. Like for instance, um, 
I am not on any, you know, like the computer or computer or a phone or anything like that about 30 minutes minimum before bed because all the blue light, all that, just how it kind of messes with you. So I decided to read before bed. And that's been a huge game changer for me just to settle my mind. You know, he talks about like going to bed at the same time every night. You know, if one night you go to bed at 930, the next night it's 1230, then it's 11, it throws your body off. But if you go to the bed around the same time every night, your body gets used to it. So again, it helps you fall asleep. So there's a lot of great, obviously a ton of research from 25 years yeah. Um, in there, but also some really good techniques as well. So just something I layer that on, on top of your, uh, your breathing, which I want to check out. I've been thinking about like breathing exercises and stuff. So, um, total game changer, man. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely check that out. How important has, you know, because again, I only ask this again, especially you being a lot younger, I asked this because how important nutrition and sleep two of the biggest factors besides obviously working out. Like I get the, you know, I kind of get jacked up like, you know, with that and, and, and get the energy out, but nutrition, what I put my body and the amount of sleep I get over the last, let's call it four to five years, I think has been a massive game changer for me in terms of how I perform on a day-to-day basis. Would you agree? Is there anything you do that's been, uh, that's been helpful in those areas? So when, and I don't know if I, I don't think I touched on this, but my dad used to actually own a bar in high school, right? So I would, you know, eat cheesesteaks, fries, and, you know, you go home and you have that acid reflex and it's tough to sleep and you wake up and, oh, I'm so groggy because you have so much sugar for all the Diet Coke and, and soda you drank the next day. So there's a clear indication of, of that diet and nutrition mixed with good sleep is uh, a good, you know, call for success. So you know, my diet's very strict. I eat um, strictly, I'm trying to lean, you know, more so to, you know, poultry and seafood, uh, a lot of fish, a lot of fish, very minimal carbs. Um, if so, I'm, I'm going to like crush a workout right after, but dude, hundred percent. I mean, you know, the nutrition, and this really goes to my, my philosophy of longevity, right? I want to live as long as possible, as healthy as possible, as happy as possible. To make that happen, I need to feel my body right. And that's with, you know, no, like, you know, minimal alcohol, minimal, you know, marijuana, whatever you you do. Um, And and that just really comes from, you know, a disciplined thing. And, you know, if people are struggling with that, uh, I mean, there's a million guides on YouTube on how to cut, you know, craves and and stuff like that. But again, um, in a really you know, specific way. I think that for me, at least I am just very like driven and go, 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 go. That's my mentality of like, okay, we need, we're doing this right now. That's okay. I know a lot of people struggle with that where it doesn't come as natural for me. It's like, okay, I, I just, I'm, we're fasting right now. Let's just, you know, take a break. Like, you know, I maybe suck on some ice cubes or like drink some water with like lemon and Himalayan salt in it. Right. Um, that's what I would definitely recommend. I, I think that diet and again, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a businessman, you know, like both of us are, we're, we're both, I guess, athletes and, and businessmen in, in that regard too. So, well, you might, that might be a stretch calling me an athlete. I tried my best, but <laughs> you know, Listen, man, CrossFit, it's one of these things where it's, I, I, I wish I could, I mean, not wish I, I, I do. I've tried CrossFit before and it's, it's a hell of a workout, man. It's it great. Is. Yeah, um, it does kick your butt. That's what I love about it so much. Like you're on the ground, just like, you know, sweating and panting after a workout. And it's just one of those things, like you walk out of there, you're like, I'm coming back tomorrow. You know, it's like, it's just such a, it's such a great thing. But, but again, I think, you know, one of the things I've learned so much um, over in, in recent years is 
how there are so many different ways to approach you know what you want in terms of your goal so if you have a fitness like let's say you're like to your point hey i want to have longevity i want to be healthy you know i don't want to have to have a a cane you know when i'm 50 years old and, and actually be able to walk well everyone can get there differently it could be crossfit for some it could be swimming for another it could be biking for someone else it could be yoga for someone else or it might be a mixture you know i try to do a mixture of a lot of things i i think the biggest key to take away is that there is no right way. And the whole goal is to get started with something. Just do something. Just get active. Right. Just and and active. it might be running around the block. It might be, it might be going ahead and, and like I said, riding the bike um, a mile or so and get just get the activity going because those habits are created. And ultimately that leads you. And it, it's so different. When we were t- I mentioned that quote from Tisha earlier. It's like, you know, you look back a year, like that's the whole thing. Like with this podcast, I talk about a lot is like, you know, for two years, I didn't start this podcast and I hemmed and hawed and all the fear of it and what people were going to think. And I look back now, I'm like, man, I'm three years into this thing. Imagine if I had two more on top of it. If I just, now no regrets, that's how it is. And, and maybe I have a story now to hope to, to for others. But the reality is that you, you just got to get started with it and you just got to go forward. And ultimately things will work out as long as you put your effort into it, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I don't want to reiterate anything you just saying because it was pure gold, but it's so true. I mean, you know, if people are trying to start a business or start a podcast or just get healthy, you don't need to be David Goggins and just throw yourself in the fire right away. You know, that's my mentality. But for others, you know, just go for, go for a walk, walk your dog, you know, do that. And then, hey, we're going to run a little bit, right? We're going to, maybe like if we're going to run, for a mile, we're going to run uh, for that half mile and then walk the other half the mile, right? And then expand the distance, expand the distance. Or if you're going to go lift weights for 10 minutes, okay, we're going to add on five minutes the next time, or we're going to do jujitsu for 20 minutes. Okay, we're going to train for 25 minutes the next time. So it's starting at a base level and then incrementally leveling up. And it's important because, you know, slow progress beats no progress. So someone who's training jujitsu two times a week beats someone who trains, you know, three or four times a week, but that one week they, you know, they, they take off every other week. It's just, it's one of these things where you're consistently and you're building momentum, right? The momentum that you create in your professional life and your health, I found it more so true in uh, health, excuse me, and working out where if I get a nice workout in, I'm like, Oh my God, this is great. Now I have to recover, get a nice recovery and okay, back to the same thing, you know? Um, and we could talk about like the different workouts and stuff. Cause I don't necessarily want to do two workouts, um, you know, back to back that are similar, but you get my point where it's okay. We're going to have another good workout and then rest another good workout, whether it means me lifting weights or me doing jujitsu or whatever. So it's just getting started, man. It's the name of the fucking show. Just getting yeah, started. Exactly. Well, exactly. Well, speaking of that, um, as, as we kind of wrap up here, one or two questions, talk about your podcast. So you started a podcast recently. Talk yeah. about that. Why did you, why did you decide to start a podcast? So I started the podcast because, and I, I this is something and I. And what's I the name started. of it? Tell everyone so they can go check it out. Yeah, so check it. It's the Sean Boyle podcast on Apple, Spotify, all the big names. You can actually go to seanboyle.com and learn more about my show and just me in general too. Uh, I actually bought the domain uh, <laughs> last week and, and made the website, so Good. we're up and running now, baby. But so the show, man, is really based on human optimization, kind of like on it, the company, right? So you know, your, your professional life, how to optimize that, your, your mental life, how to optimize that, your emotional, your relationship, all these things is built on optimizing it. 
how can I be the best human possible and loving the person I become? Because someone could want to be, oh, I want to be David Goggins. I want to be Gary Vee. But once you get to that point, you might be like, man, I'm, I'm, I don't like this version of me. I, I'm more so like, this isn't the real me. This isn't the real Sean Boyle, you know? So it's, it, it's really based upon, you know, creating the best version of yourself and loving that, that version for sure. That's awesome, dude. Um, what, uh, you don't have to go back this far because you're only 23, but I want you to go back to your teenage self. All right. And yeah. you got to give that teenage self, you only have one piece of advice to give them and you only have a small post-it note to write it on. So what would you share with that individual to help them just a little bit further along on their journey um, than maybe you had? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to literally, you know, steal, steal your show's title, but just get started, man. Literally just jump in whatever, you know, motto or whatever, you know, saying you can create, you just want to get started. You just want to jump in. You just want to start incrementally. That's what I can say. Whether I'm, I'm thinking of creating this big business or I'm thinking of, you know, just, you know, doing anything, you know, that's, that's worth happening in life. You just want to get started. You just want to literally create the, emo, uh, the motion if that's going to create the emotion. Right. So I would just say, listen, you know, like any teenager out there, you know, especially for me, you know, you're going to be okay, but you need to, you know, get started and then formulate that plan. And it all starts with, with just starting, um, in your mind, you know, and then creating that, that forward, uh, productivity, man. So that's, that's the one piece of advice I would give to people. Just get started. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it does start in your mind. I think if, if you start believing in what you want to be, where you want to be happy, you know, as I talk about the trifecta of happiness, you know, you know, what, what you basically, what you want to do, what you can be great at and where you can make the greatest impact in the world. As you start lining those up, um, man, that leads a, a, a pretty happy life. But, but yeah. to your point, you know, you, you do just have to kind of start tasting, testing, experimenting and, and seeing what works for you. So that's always a, always a sound advice on this show. So we start, <laughs> <laughs> certainly appreciate you uh, reiterating that. Um, Sean, that's been awesome, man. Tell everyone again where they can find you online, where they can connect. Yeah, thanks, man. This has been a pleasure talking, man, to just uh, sit back and, and BS and, and give some nice tactics. Uh, so, yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram, Sean Boyle, M, M as in Mary. You can go to the Sean Boyle podcast on Apple and Spotify and go to my website, SeanBoyle.com. You can check out more of me and, and what I got going on. Awesome, Sean. Thanks so much for joining, man. Thank you, bro. Talk soon. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great interview, and thanks again for stopping by. Um, if you wanted to connect further, please head over to my website, brianondraco.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram or Twitter, at brianondraco, or search me on LinkedIn, just brianondraco. Um, I hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.